0: Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to front run where we predict the future of money and technology. I am your host john cook. Today is Monday, December twelfth, 2022. Wow, I can't believe the year is almost over. And you are listening to crypto before bed. For those of new ho- who are new to the front run community. The thesis of front run is that the f- next generation of wealth creation is truly going to be decentralized finance and web through technologies. This culminates in a series of long-form analyses, publications, and thought pieces we publish on frontruncrypto.com that outline our point of view on Bitcoin as an ex-monetary system, Ethereum as a settlement layer of all financial transactions, and it goes on and on and on. If you are looking for detailed analysis on crypto and DeFi, check out frontruncrypto.com. It's all there, tons of content. Crypto Before Bed is a 20, 30, 40-minute-ish kind of podcast slash YouTube where I highlight the major crypto events that took place throughout the day. My thought process is rather than waiting until the end of the week when there's a bunch of content to jam through, you kind of got to pick and choose, this provides more of an opportunity to highlight the day of events and without having to necessarily compete with the other initiatives that you're going to see throughout the rest of the week. So for today, Monday, December 12, 2022, we're going to cover three things. Number one, a recent publication posted that nearly 70% of all digital arts, NFTs, collectibles are hosted or accessed by Web2Rails. It's pretty wild. I ended up writing an article about it. We'll go through that very briefly. Next, we're going to cover the continued fallout of Bitcoin miners, now Argo blockchain. As the ROI for Bitcoin mining goes down with respect to just the lack of profitability via the Bitcoin coin, you're going to see more capitulation within the mining community where inefficient and highly leveraged miners capitulate and more efficient, better-capitalized organizations persist. And they're going to wrap it up with SBF. Uh, he was supposed to appear in front of the Financial Services Committee tomorrow, but he got arrested by the local bohemian government today. I personally think the thing is an elaborate illusion to avoid being held accountable by US regulators. Remember, SBF gave the local authorities within the Bahamian government, housing, cars, money, I mean, they were bought and sold, we'll get to it in a second. But first, let's start with item number one, uh, NFTs, we know we love them, their profile pics, crypto monkeys, board apes, right? Some of them go for millions of dollars. Well, what's super wild, I came on this very randomly, uh, and I wasn't even gonna publish an, an analysis on NFTs, not really my jam, but I wanted to call this out because FTX.us, which is also an NF which also has lending uh an NFT platform, it's a centralized web two storage provider. All of the NFTs hosted on FTX.us now redirect to like a 404 file not found and or bankruptcy proceeding page. So check this out. Tomorrowland NFT collection hosted on Magic Eden. Uh, It's hosted on Magic Eden, but the NFT metadata is hosted via um, the FTX platform. Now I'll redirect to like... Uh, broken image links. It, it's crazy, man. And this is for Tomorrowland. It keeps going on. With Coachella does it. Reflections also on Magic Eden. The NFT now redirects to a broken image link. Uh, there was even a one-for-one NFT handcrafted by SBF in 2021 that sold for like $270,000. It says the word "tests" on it, right? It, it might have been Ponzi money. It might have been like uh, a way to uh, launder money. There's a debate on that. But even that NFT uh, now redirects to a bankruptcy restructuring site. So for those listening on the YouTube, uh, watching on the YouTube, you can actually see I have the links posted. You can like, you can go to foreigncrypto.com and check it out yourself. But it's FTX US NFT list. When I click it, it redirects to the restructuring.ra.null site. I mean, that was the URL to the FTX.us uh, NFT exchange. Even when I go to the actual Tomorrowland, like uh, Misty Winter NFT URL stored uh, as metadata, uh, you can see it's staticftx.com slash NFTs, blah, blah, blah. It goes on and lists the actual... Uh, unique identifier of the NFT, clicking that also redirects to the Coral Restructuring Administration uh, page, which is like the bankruptcy administration firm that is uh, managing the FTX. So all of the NFTs hosted on FTX, all of the NFTs bought and sold on other exchanges where that where the metadata is hosted on FTX gone all gone. This led me to write analysis like, wait, how many NFTs are like this? How many NFTs are stored? I'm gonna have a much I'm gonna have a different uh, podcast about this because it's it's wild. but we pulled the data and we can see that nearly 66% of NFTs are stored or accessed via HTTP. So stored means it's on an AWS or Google Cloud like infrastructure solution. Access means that it could be hosted on IPFS or the decentralized files solution, but it's to get to the NFT, you have to go through an HTTP exchange, which is a Web2Rail. And I went through like five different examples. I'm going to go to the one that really caught my attention it's uh, it's Beeple first five thousand days. This is the most expensive NFT on the internet ever. It sold on Christie's in 2021 for 69 million dollars. 69 million dollars. Basically, Beeple made a, col- a picture uh every day for five thousand days, and then he turned that into an NFT. I'm gonna read i uh, am I'm gonna read some of it to you because it, the marketing on it is fire, right? Okay, here we go from Christie's. Christie's is honored to present Beeple for his 5,000 days, a single lot sale that marks the first time a purely digital work of art, also known as an NFT, has ever been offered by a major auction house. On May 1, 2007, Mike Winkleman, a leading digital artist best known as Beeple, set out to create and post a new work of art every day of his life going forward and has not missed a single day for 13 years. These works, which are now known as everydays, form one of the most celebrated bodies of work in the history of digital art. I mean, that sounds pretty sick, right? If I were a billionaire, I'd probably drop $69 billion on this too. So it went up for auction on Christie's. Uh, it sold. It sold. And what's crazy is I looked through the NFT smart contract. It's OX2A. You can see it on the website. It navigated the token UI returns a string that is an IPFS URL. But when you call the IPFS URL, it is a freaking json object with uh, an https string in the image url and it's ipfsgateway.makersplace.com this is an http exchange that is used by ipfs to provide compatibility with applications that do not support ipfs natively so if your browser doesn't have built-in ipfs compatibility this is a workaround But, like, what's crazy is IPFS isn't even, like, a top 30. It's not even a top 30, like, uh, HTTP exchange. I mean, this is wild. This shouldn't be acceptable. If we embrace first principles of decentralized permissionless systems, uh, a $70 million NFT should be freaking hosted on DeFi rails and not, like, not... Touch, interact with any type of like Web2 technology like uh, an HTTP gateway. So more on that. There's links in the show notes if you want to see the details. Next. Uh If it's bad in the NFT space, it's also really bad in like the uh, Bitcoin mining community. So I think as we all know, as we all know now, uh there has been like extreme downward pressure on Bitcoin miners With the 80% drawdown that we've seen in the Bitcoin with the Bitcoin spot price over the past uh, calendar year. So, what happened? Our Bitcoin miners would, uh, in the peak of the 2021 crypto mania, Bitcoin miners wanted to acquire more mining rigs. But rather than selling their Bitcoin, which is really the last thing they wanted to do, they took out loans collateralized by either the mining rigs. Or the future Bitcoin earnings. So, if I wanted to buy ten million dollars worth of Bitcoin mining rigs, I don't want to sell my ten million dollars of Bitcoin. It's the last thing the miners want to do. So instead, they buy a miner will buy ten million dollars of uh, mining rigs, like ant miners. And then the lender, who's an idiot in this case, will lend the ten million dollars of you. Uh, of 10 million dollars of capital used to buy the mining rigs collateralized by the freaking mining rigs right i mean it's kind of like a car loan you know you want to buy a you want to go buy a Honda Civic for 20 grand you put down 2000 you make monthly payments on the Honda Civic and then if you fail to make those payments the, the bank calls the note and they repo the uh the car unlike Honda Civics Bitcoin mining rigs are worthless in a bear economy. The reason they're worthless is because the value of the Bitcoin mining rig is directly proportional to the price to the amount of Bitcoin it can mine mm-hmm. relative to the cost of mining that Bitcoin. So if it costs a dollar to mine a thousandth of a Bitcoin if it costs a if it costs ten dollars to mine, Let me give a better example because it's all in kilowatt hours. Okay, so let's say it's $0.20 per kilowatt hour, right? That's 1,000 watts. And if during that uh, $0.20, during that one hour of Bitcoin mining that costs the miner $0.20, you are only able to mine $0.15 of Bitcoin. It's a loss. That's what's happening to all the Bitcoin miners right now. Right, they pay some fee to mine the Bitcoin. It's measured in usually kilowatt hours, which is a thousand watts per hour. The price of mining a. The price to mine per hour, depending on the power of the miner plus the cost of the electricity, is anywhere between five cents to 20 cents. So, unless the mining rig can yield more than five to 20 cents of Bitcoin, the rig's worthless. And guess what's happening? The rigs are worthless, especially on the backdrop of lowered uh, profitability. And we can like see this Uh, Bitcoin Magazine Pro published an article. You guys got to check it out in the show notes. It's called Public Miner Bitcoin Returns Year to Date. And for the listeners, it's the y axis is time starting in January 2022. The sorry, the x axis is time starting January 2022. And then the y axis is returns. And then the lines are the biggest, um, uh, the most, the largest publicly traded Bitcoin mining or Bitcoin mining farms, you know, Riot, Marathon, Hive, Hut, and Bitfarm. And guess what? The lines for all of these mining companies are below 0%. Not one is profitable. Riot Bitcoin, negative 47% return you to date. Marathon Bitcoin, negative 52% return you to date. Hive Bitcoin, negative 60% return you to date. And this is a byproduct, again, of two things. Number one, the current spot price of Bitcoin. And number two, the cost to mine bitcoin right electricity is a fixed f- i used to mine bitcoin electricity is a fixed fee you pay 10 cents per kilowatt hour when bitcoin is in its bull season you pay 10 cents per kilowatt hour when bitcoin is in its bear season unless the bitcoin unless the mining rig can mine can earn more than 10 cents per kilowatt hour you it doesn't matter like what season it is you're toast and unfortunately because these miners were so leveraged with respect to the, with so leveraged, period, they're now filing bankruptcy, which leads us to the next point, Argo Bank, Argo Blockchain, which is a Bitcoin miner, is facing bankruptcy, surprise, surprise, from Web3 is going great, we we'll read it together. Argo Blockchain, which is, again, a Bitcoin miner, faces possible bankruptcy. When the company accidentally published a draft bankruptcy document to its website, amateur hours, Argo Blockchain was forced to reveal that it is in a last-ditch negotiation to raise capital. What kind of company accidentally publishes draft bo- uh, bankruptcy documents to its website? It's freaking? Who's running that show? Geez. The company stated that they were still hoping to avoid Chapter 11 bankruptcy, but they were at risk of having insufficient cash to support the ongoing business operations within the next month. The company has been trying to raise $25 to $30 million since last August, and when $27 million liquidity deal fell through in early November, the miner acknowledged it might soon have negative cash flow. So again, why does a miner have negative cash flow? The miner has negative cash flow because their costs, the debt is greater than the Bitcoin it collects. So imagine if you're an organization, you have fixed fees. I mean, your fixed fees are electricity. Unless the ha- so electricity is the same. Now, like the, uh, the hash rate of the Bitcoin blockchain uh, is, is variable, right? It depends on the number of miners. So what you're seeing is the exodus of miners from the Bitcoin community right now pushing down hash rates I think in the next bull season you're going to see it come up so you have one dimension that is the cost of electricity you have the other dimension which is the mining difficulty measured by the hash rate and then you have this third dimension that is completely in the control of these blockchain of these Bitcoin mining rig companies which is debt service these guys have crazy debt service coverage ratios because they took out 10 20 30 million dollars in cash collateralized by the mining rigs, or future earnings. And because we are in a bear market, they can't service their debt. These mining companies cannot service their debt. I mean, it's really that simple. And when you can't service your debt, uh, the lender will call the note, they don't want the goddamn uh, mining rigs. A bank does not want a 100 bitcoin miners it's worthless to them they want just like a a bank doesn't want to repo a car they'd rather have the cash but unfortunately this is the reality that's happening right now so i actually think this is a good opportunity for those who want to re-enter the Bitcoin blo- the Bitcoin mining game, I'm thinking about it, but uh, don't do it with leverage or don't do it like fully leverage. Make sure you have like a margin position that's no more than like 10, 20% of the, uh, uh, make sure that your debt is no more than like 10 to 20% of your capital. I mean, if you're going like 80, 90%, uh, uh, you know, debt ratio, Man, it's going to be a cold winter. It's going to be a cold winter. And we're, we already saw this in the DeFi space with these like uh, under collateralized DeFi lending platforms that you can go on Aave right now, for example, and take out. I, I think the max loan to value is like 70, 80%. I mean, I deposit like, I don't know, 10 Ethereum. I like, that's what, $1,200? That's $12,000. I take out $10,000 loan. Ethereum goes to. Ten Ethereum goes to a thousand. Oops, there's my margin call. Right, Aave uh, is going to automatically liquidate the position. i mean, it's the same thing happening with the blockchain mining rigs. So, R.I.P. to Argo and R.I.P. to Riot Marathon Hive and any of these leverage Bitcoin uh, miners. I think there is an opportunity for sure in 2023 i'm going to keep an eye out on that one okay now last but not least i can't wait till we never have to talk about this guy ever again i i really hate him but when he does make a movie i'm going to have to watch it so it was just announced on uh by the office of the attorney general and ministry of legal affairs uh from the bahama senator ryan penker on the arrest of Sam Bakeman fried On 12 December 2022, the office writes. The Office of the Attorney General of the Bahamas is announcing the arrest by the Royal Bahamians Police Force of SBF. SBF is followed. SBF's arrest followed a formal notification of the from the United States that it has filed for criminal charges and is likely to request his extradition. Okay, it goes on and on and on but that is the tldr sbf was arrested now what i find like co- eh, really confusing and which leads me into a credible amount of skepticism is that sbf was scheduled to appear in front of the financial uh the house financial services committee which has regulatory oversight of the Of all financial markets in the United States, this is uh, led by Maxine Waters. For those who go on Twitter, Maxine Waters is the um, government official caught, like, blowing kisses to SBF. It's freaking wild. She, like, a couple days ago, I'm paraphrasing, uh, sent, like, a very nicely worded tweet saying, pretty please, SBF, may you please come to the, uh, uh, speak with me, even though she has regulatory oversight to subpoena him. Uh, it got ripped apart on the in the Twitterverse, but he was scheduled to finally appear in front of the Financial Services Committee tomorrow, who's going to do it virtually, but lo and behold, he gets arrested 24 hours before. Why? I have no way of proving this. This is me putting my tinfoil hat on for sure, so take this all with a grain of salt. I think there is some collusion with respect to SBF, FTX, the the, uh, government of the Bahamas, and the Office of the Attorney General and the Ministry of Legal Affairs, okay? Remember, SBF was caught bankrolling the Bahamian government, giving them houses, giving them cars, giving them stipends. You're telling me these same guys that were on the—that were— on the payroll of SBF and FTX are now going to act with objective neutrality, and hold this individual accountable. I don't believe it for a second. I think this is a rug pull to get SBF to not have to testify in front of the Financial Services Committee and to give him more time to tighten up his defense and get his legal team on board. So take this whole thing with the grain of salt. Um, There is a line that says there is a formal notification from the United States that it has filed criminal charges against SBF and is likely to request extradition. This leads to another point uh, that has been circulating on the crypto Twitter space is that, according to Autism Capital, tomorrow is going to be a big day. Drink, water, hydrate, rest up. SEC is SEC to separately file charges related to Bakeman fried SEC to file charges with it to Bankman Freed publicly tomorrow. Why, Why would they schedule a hearing with SBF? Why would the Financial Services Committee schedule a hearing with SBF if the SEC was going to file charges on SBF that same day? And if the SEC also told the Bahamian government that they were going to to arrest SBF for extradition. It doesn't make any sense. It feels like nobody's talking to each other. I think they're just trying to control the narrative. Here's a statement from Maxine Waters regarding the arrest. Chairman Waters' statement on the arrest of SBF. I am surprised to hear that SBF was arrested in the Bahamas at the direction of the U.S. Attorney General for uh, the Southern District of New York. Nobody in our government talks to each other. This is the leader of the Financial Services Committee that has absolute oversight on all financial institutions in the United States of America. No one's talking to her. And according to her, the uh, U.S. Attorney General issued an arrest warrant. And then, according to Autism Capital on this new rumor, the SEC is going to file charges tomorrow. I mean, come on. Come on, I think that this is all an opportunity for SBF to avoid confronting U.S. regulators and to buy more time. I think the Bahamian government is playing a role in this, and it's quite unfortunate. Moreover, why has Maxine Waters and the Financial Services Committee not just subpoenaed him? Why are they asking him? Why are they asking? This guy sold $60 billion. But that's it for today. There's more news tomorrow. Until then, check your NFTs. Make sure they're not hosted on uh, AWS or Google Cloud. Or if they are, get it off there. Or at least right-click and save. Uh, if you want to get in the blockchain Bitcoin mining space, now might be a good time. Don't get in any leverage or debt positions that you can't cover. And stay tuned for more on SPF. Until then, check out frontcrypto.com. Lots of great content there. If you like what you heard, leave a comment. If you don't like what you heard, also leave a comment. I'd like to know why you hate me so much. Until then, see you next time. Peace.